Hi, it's Rachel again. Some of you have asked if there will be a second season of Port Saga. I'd love to make season two. In fact, I already have the continuing story in mind. But to see those vampire shenanigans realized, I'm going to need your help to keep the show going. So if you like to support independent artists like me, please consider becoming a patron by heading over to patreon.com slash Rachel J. Wilkinson. Thanks. And now enjoy the episode. The following episode contains adult content, violence, and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Vampire the Masquerade, Port Saga, Episode 7, When the Cross Has a Point. There are some churches, as a vampire, you're not going to be able to walk into. St. Michael's isn't one of them. And while, yes, swaggering in here without any backup is the most stereotypically Malk thing I've done all week, don't worry. I'm invisible to the small group of parishioners kneeling to take communion. The body of Christ. Amen. The blood of Christ. The body of Christ. Amen. The blood of Christ. After hearing the Father's sermon, I wonder if any of them see the irony of imbibing the flesh and blood of a human. Lawrence would be howling with laughter. I slide in closer to get a better look. And sure enough, the man holding the host is Frankie. Kid from... My, my childhood. The body of Christ. Amen. The blood of Christ. As they finish, Frank turns and looks right at me. Fuck. 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 Did he see me? Or is he looking through me? I look over my shoulder to see if anyone is behind me. Nothing. Only a stained glass window depicting the triumph of St. Michael the Archangel over Satan. The Archangel pins the defeated devil under his boot heel and raises a sword to strike the fatal blow. When I turn back to Frank, he and the two additional priests flanking him thank and bless those who came tonight. The parishioners depart the sanctuary. I dug out with them. Charlie! Hearing my name stops me in my tracks. Did you come for the service? It appears I just missed it. Shame. It's been... Decades. You look amazing. Time's been kind to you. Call it clean living and uh, good hair dye. (laughs) I bet. Come inside. Have a drink with me. I don't actually drink. A cup of coffee, then. I I didn't mean to... It's no trouble at all. It's a beautiful night. Let me show you the courtyard. Uh, I can't spend 15 minutes on someone you haven't seen in over 30 years. The lady doth protest too much, methinks. And it's true. Another gibbering excuse from me, and this will get weird. Of course I can. Sorry. I, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I didn't expect to see you, I guess. But it's, it's good to see you. It's great, actually. Same, Charlie. Come on in. So what brings you to Port Saga? A miracle. Bullshit. Oh, sorry. Wait, uh, what do I call you now? Father Francis. Wow. 
Collar and everything. Collar and everything. I heard you became a music teacher. For a little while, yeah. Teaching others. Well, I'm glad some good came out of our experience. You still play? No, no. Every guitar I pick up smells like that basement. Yeah, fair. But I do still garden. Really? I've even done some while I've been here. Come, I'll show you. I was not fond of weeding. It kept me grounded. I couldn't articulate it at the time, but I think it gave me something to protect when we couldn't protect ourselves. Ripping out what didn't belong felt like having a measure of control. Still does. Everywhere I go, I make sure there's a place for life to thrive and an opportunity for me to weed out the pernicious. Weed out the pernicious. That's one hell of a euphemism for setting vampires on fire. The Fremonts turned all of us into wounded animals. That's how I know Frankie, er, Father Francis. From being kidnapped as children and trapped in a house of perfectly polished horrors. A wounded animal's only choice is fight or flight. Frank always chose fight. How long have you been in Port Saga? Long enough. Did you keep in touch with the others? Not really. No. Jenny's in prison. I heard. Mike didn't do too well in the aftermath. He's been gone about 15 years now. I'm so sorry. Robin moved to California to get as far away from Virginia as possible. My stomach turns with guilt. I should have done more. I should have done literally anything. But no. My instinct was always flight. Fremont Five. That name. Better than the Fremont family. You heard about Carl and Martha? I heard they got out. Sentenced to 30 years, released after 15. Couldn't believe it. 15 years for kidnapping five children. I presented testimony to the parole board, but I think they saw a priest and figured the damage the Fremonts did couldn't have been that bad. They took our entire youth. They seared themselves onto our psyche. I could have used your help. I... I don't know what to say. And now they're out there. Somewhere. Walking around. Walking free. I... Are you suggesting I'm somehow to blame for that? I'm suggesting we should have killed them when we had the chance. What happened to turn the other cheek? I prefer the Old Testament. That's when I hear the two other priests approach. Something wrong with your coffee? Why do you ask? You haven't taken a drink. And I'm an inquisitive sort. When did you figure it out? As soon as you crossed the threshold of this church. Listen, I can explain. Inimice, fide, vite, repto. I start to back away, but the trio has me dead to rights. Enemy of the faith. Robber of life. Mortis, aductor, <coughs> carrier of death. I call on my blood. Saint Michael the Archangel. Frank's aura erupts in light so bright it blisters my eyes. Defend mm. us in battle. Stop, stop, please. 
We are protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. A blurry outline of Frank pins me with his boot heel on my neck. May God rebuke him. It's me. It's me. The real Charlie saved my life 40 years ago. You are a collection of bones, rotting organs, held together by dead flesh, evil, wearing the face of my friend. Frank raises a sword high above me. Blood pools in my eyes. In the name of the Archangel Michael, I condemn you back to hell! In that moment, I am a damned soul. Fitting end having failed everyone I know. My mother condemned to a state facility because I couldn't take care of her. The Fremonts out on parole because I couldn't answer Frank's call for help. My sire ashed because I couldn't love him like he wanted and deserved. And Aaron executed because I couldn't face her until it was too late. My last view of the world is through a veil of blood. And then the darkness moves. Tentacles of shadow coil around my attackers. The tentacles fling the three like rag dolls across the garden, giving me a chance to crawl away from the fray. A body falls beside me, with the head turned a full 180 degrees. I sit up and wipe the blood from my eyes. The bodies of two dead priests lay in broken heaps, like puppets with cut strings. Frank is nowhere to be found. And in front of me, reaching out a hand to help me stand, is Constance. Titus, my dear, how you have not met your final death is a mystery to me. Constance drags me to the Marquis Cinema. After feeding on a concessions cashier, she tucks me into a closet braced between stacks of candy and popcorn boxes to mend my wounds. I've seen Vosht with better sense than you. What's a Vosht? Going to the church alone. That was your plan? I didn't have one. Then why go? I just needed to know. What did you need to know? If he was who I thought he was. The priest? The one who got away? Yes. You knew him? How? That's a long story. In my experience, long stories are usually quite short. I'd rather not get into it. I'm not asking. <sighs> Ever hear of the Fremont Five? No. You would if you had grown up around here. Back in the early 70s, Carl and Martha Fremont kidnapped and imprisoned five children over a span of years. They wanted a perfect family. This priest is one of them? Yes. And you as well. Yeah. It took me when I was four. I escaped when I was twelve. They took each of us so young. We... Well, it's difficult to explain. You get confused about who your real parents are, and... And we had a palpable need to please them. Like, Martha wanted us to be musically inclined, and so we'd practice until our fingers bled, because we desperately, desperately wanted her to be proud of us. Who rescued you? 
No one. Then how did you escape? One afternoon, while Carl was at work, I pushed Martha down the basement stairs. Frank wrapped a chain around her neck when she hit bottom and pulled until she passed out. I grabbed the keys off her and we got the younger three out. We ran through the forest for hours until we came across this cabin where some college kids were having a barbecue. They called the cops. This couple, hmm, I assume they're dead? No, out on parole. And now this priest continues his mission to punish what he deems evil. Can you blame him? No, but you must accept that he views you as a monster. He's a fanatic. There's no compromise in the mind of a fanatic. If you do not kill him, he will kill you. Is that why you murdered your pack? Kill or be killed? Both the Sabat and the Camarilla have their fanatics. But that is not why I left. I left because I wished to be free. Isn't that the Sabat's whole thing, being free? Freedom from the masquerade? Freedom from blood bonds? That's what they write on the front of the brochure. But hypocrisy is at the heart of everything Cain has created. And there is no greater hypocrisy than when Sabbat preach freedom. The Sabbat frees Cainites from the blood bond only to shackle them in different ways. Sabbat revel in their monstrosity, tearing down the masquerade and call it freedom. But over time, that savagery feeds the beast within us. It alters your soul, your judgment, and most importantly, your ability to reason. If you cannot reason, you can be controlled. If you can be controlled, then you are not free. Okay, but this means you're telling me that between the Camarilla, the Sabbat, and the Anarchs, the Camarilla provides a kindred with the greatest amount of freedom? I call bullshit on that one. It seems counterintuitive, I know. Consider for a moment the idea that knowledge begins with our sensory perception of reality. Knowledge comes from sorting, organizing, comparing, and contrasting these sensory experiences. Like the sights we see, the sounds we hear, the lovers we touch, and the blood we taste. So, anything that changes or perverts our senses or cognitive clarity traps us in ignorance. Therefore, because the practices of the Sabbat change both of these things, it's very good at imprisoning Cainites in ignorance. The strength of our mind is what forges a path to true freedom, which for me proves the Sabbat are the least free of all the sects. If your priority is freedom, and, and I get what you're saying about valuing your humanity, then why not join the Anarchs? The Anarchs have enslaved their members in a political prison. <laughs> and the Camarilla hasn't enslaved their members in a political prison? Yes, of course they have. But unlike the Anarchs, the Camarilla doesn't pretend otherwise. So young Mr. Reed, what is the lesson we have learned this evening? <sighs> Just say no to drugs? Correct. And following your heart instead of your head is one hell of a drug. Now, let me just wipe the last of this blood off your cheek, and you can be on your way. Thank you, by the way, for being there. I don't know how you knew I was there, but I'm grateful you did. You're welcome. Really, I won't forget it. Oh, I'm not worried. <laughs> I won't let you. 
If the path to freedom is leading with your head instead of your heart, then I need to get the fuck out of Port Saga. After a quick stop at Grand Courier, I go to the condo to clean up and change. As I get out of the shower, my beeper bounces on the counter. You have one new message at 1.39 a.m. Hey, Splash House. This fucking ghoul. Meet set. Be at the Marine Inn 45. You're scheduled for 2.30 a.m. Getting out of Port Saga means I need to present the evidence against Glass to the Prince. It's not much, but it's what I've got. And Prince Hale is my only lawful shot at getting any measure of justice for Lawrence and Aaron. Three checkpoints of armed ghouls clear my arrival. When I board, Primogen Glass is already waiting with Prince Hale. The two chat, while comfortably ensconced in a pair of deck chairs like they've been there all night. Usher stands behind the prince, near the railing. Kid! Good to see ya. We were just talking about you. Primogen Glass, your majesty. Please sit, Mr. Reed. Your message said you had some critical evidence to present. I'd prefer to stand if that's okay with you, and yes, I do. And this evidence, you believe, implicates Primogen Glass in the destruction of your sire? Yes, Your Majesty. I thought we settled this. You lied to me. Did I? Yes. You said that you and Lawrence were friends. Ah, that. A white lie, at best. Your sire had just died. Didn't see the need to insult his memory, given your shall we say, violent and bloody reputation. You lied. Yes, I'm a known liar. You weren't friends, you were enemies. Enemies. Love the drama. Enemies, no. Political rivals, of course. Mr. Reed, surely you have more than mere conjecture? I do. Titus. Can I call you Titus? I'm gonna call you Titus. Titus, I want you to stand there and think about the choice you have in front of you. Take a moment, reflect. You turn around and walk away. Right now, no harm, no foul. I get it, you're an emotional kid. Call me kid one more time, one more fucking time. And what, what will you do? Violate the sixth tradition in front of the sovereign prince of Fort Saga? How's that gonna work out for you, you think? Which is the only thing stopping me from ripping your intestines out through your mouth. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you. Mr. Reed, are you insinuating I executed the wrong individual? No, Your Majesty. I suggest the executed individual was the weapon, but not the hand. Explain. I believe Primogen Glass used your clan's mastery of the mind and planted a trigger in Aaron McKenna's mind. Once that trigger was activated, she fell into a fugue and followed a pre-programmed order to kill Lawrence. I suggest he mentally manipulated her into committing a crime she otherwise wouldn't commit. I see. He hated Lawrence. Hate is a strong word. He cost you money. Sure. He cost you standing. That's debatable. 
You were jealous of his friendship with the prince. Clan Ventrue appreciates healthy competition. I wouldn't call it jealousy. And you have the power to manipulate individuals into committing crimes. I certainly do, yes. The Night Lawrence died. You turned off all the cameras. Primogen Quill requested a party at Club Neptune. I made sure the cameras were down for the duration to protect the masquerade. Standard operating procedure. Using your security company? Yes. The same security company you used to gather information on Clan Malkavian? Now, where did you get that? Answer his question. Yes, I used my company to compile a few addresses. The locations of every Malkavian in the city. Their havens, their places of interest. Yes. To hunt us. Us? Who's us? I thought you were slumming it back in Moonlight Bay. The only reason to compile a list like this. It's a precaution. Just in case I ever went to war with your sire. You think Lawrence didn't know the best places to hit me? You think the other Primogen don't have lists exactly like this? This is how the game is played. Motive means opportunity. I lured Aaron away from the party and manipulated her into killing Lawrence. That's what you think. Yes, I do. Don't say I didn't give you a chance to walk away, but you decided to bet against me. Usher, make a note of it. Titus, there's only one problem with your theory. What's that? The night of the party? Primogen Glass was with me. What? The evening your sire died, during the hours you believe Primogen Glass manipulated Miss McKenna. Primogen Glass was with me. Here, discussing city business. The trap springs. Mr. Reed, I considered your sire a dear friend, but I believe I have indulged your delusions for long enough. Your Majesty. You have accused a sitting primogen of murder with no actual evidence or proof to support your claim. Furthermore, I ruled on this matter last week. Miss McKenna betrayed this city when she violated the first and sixth traditions. I executed her for those crimes. Your continued interference with this matter is a direct challenge to my authority, and I will no longer tolerate it. Sheriff Usher, please take Mr. Reed into custody and hold him at Cardiff House. Keep him there until I decide what to do with him. Yes, Prince. Usher smiles. An instant later, I feel a hand on my shoulder. You can go willingly, or I can stake you. Your choice. Vampire the Masquerade, Fort Saga. Created by Rachel J. Wilkinson, with voice performances by Dayin Geist, Satine Phoenix, Kalina Anderson, Sean Patrick Judge, Greg Berry, Roxy Hales, Matthew Webb, Luke Hales, and Janika Rector. Portions of this podcast are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with permission. All rights reserved. For more information, please visit worldofdarkness.com. <laughs>